This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm thirsty. And I caught him off guard while he was drinking to start this <laughs> podcast. What's today, Will? Today is a manic Monday. And we're Apparently be... I can't whisper anymore because OBS cuts it off. <laughs> New processing, guys. We're trying not to have to do a bunch of post-processing tricks anymore. So today we're being is... lazy or more efficient, depending <laughs> yeah. on how you want to look at it. I'm an engineer. It's efficiency. All right. <laughs> Steam Pal is a uh, Nintendo Switch-like product that is being heavily rumored in the betas of the Steam Store based on some of the code that people have been able to sift through. Um, it's expected to be... Uh, Steam Pal is just the code name right now. Nobody knows for sure what they'll call it. But I see somebody took the PayPal logo and put the Steam logo in front of it. Steam Pal. It's like PayPal with Steam. No, that's definitely not what it's going to be. It's going to be Steampunk. I would buy it if it was called Steampunk. That's not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. The Steam Portable, Steam Mobile. I don't know. Whatever they end up calling it. Steam Link 2. I don't know. Whatever. Um, But based upon the recent update to the Steam client on PCs, Valve is going to be working on something like a Nintendo Switch handheld to use with the PC version of Steam. Most likely, it would work like the Vita remote playing Steam games, but also probably able to house some games directly on the console. So it's like it's like what the Vita for the PS4 is to Steam, more so than the Switch, based on everything I've heard. I mean, if it has access to all of the Steam games, and say it's like it's as reliable as the Game Pass is right now, I, I can see this, and also it's like reasonably priced, I can see this selling really well. Well, actually, I don't know. PC players I mean, aren't really into this, though. That's exactly where are. I was going to correct myself on it. But then I was thinking, you know, there's less and less of a distinction between poor, uh, consoles and PC. So maybe there's a lot of crossover where people would really like to play the third-party games, the ones that you don't necessarily need the most powerful machine to play. Um, but they would, they would want to play it, you know, portably. Yeah, I mean... It would have, you would want most of the games to be controller-based, I would think. Yes. Any of the ones that you're going to play remotely. Like, you probably aren't playing The Witcher, even though I've done that. <laughs> I play The Witcher, the whole Witcher 3 on uh, the Switch. Uh, Switch. And although it looked like a 360 game, it was still good. I liked it. Was, it. It, it works. I mean, functionally, that's the important part. It has to be yeah. functional, okay? So if you're going to do this Steam Mobile, Steam Pal, whatever you want to call it, if you're going to have this thing, then it has to be functional. So you'd have to limit either limit what it's able to play or mm-hmm. backend it to your PC in your house. Right? It would have to have some ability to utilize better hardware. Or it would only be limited to a specific set of games in the library. One or the other. Yeah. Unless Steam is seriously getting into cloud gaming, and then we got a whole another concept of cloud gaming that I don't want. <laughs> but we'll talk about yeah. cloud gaming a different day this week, so I'm not going to talk about it today. Who would this sell for? Like, I would probably buy something like this. I don't know if I'd buy this, but I already do a lot of Steam Link play with my iPhone. And if it yeah. turned out I could play PC games on a portable device, I'm I'm all for that. Nice. Not, yeah, uh, I, the thing it. is, like, it, on paper, it sounds like a great because there has to be a market for this. But like, that market is not me, at least not until I try it. I guess. So you can try mine when I get one. <laughs> exactly, and it was like the Wii U. It's like that was not for me, and then I played it at Chris's, and I was, this is amazing. I'm going to buy this, and I did it. I think I bought it within the same month. Yeah, and I, I actually don't think Valve's intention is to compete directly with Nintendo Switch. I think they're working on something that is um, a companion to PC gamers. 
because the Switch has sold really well amongst PC gamers. They're like, oh, I can get my Nintendo thing on the go, and I can play my games at home on my PC in mm-hmm. my basement or wherever your PC happens to be. But Nintendo Mine's Switch is, attic, is a so. companion. The Nintendo Switch is so well marketed that it's almost a companion to any other console in your house or any other gaming machine in your house. Like you, There are people that have a Switch that you would never expect to have a Switch. <laughs> and it's almost like a non-casual um, casual system because mm-hmm. people, I mean, it's not like the Wii where it was like full-on casual. The Switch is in every living room, uh, not every living room, lots of living rooms across the world. And it's not just hardcore gamers that have it. No. The Joy-Cons make it really easy to get into Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And you can basically say, okay, I've got two. Okay, two player. You buy another set. Now you got four players. It's mm-hmm. it's it's like a non-casual, casual gaming device because it can be casual, but for the most part, it's not. I don't know. Whereas this is for the person who's already in the Steam library, already on PC, already owns games. Yeah. Well, with like, um, I realize there's other companies that did this before, like the G- GPD. There's GPD Wind. Oh, you're talking about uh, GeForce Now. Yeah, but uh, I was just thinking like how great Game Pass and our uh, xCloud has been working, at least for me. I know you're having problems with it. I have had a horrible experience with xCloud. So it works great on my Android. And like (laughs) that has really converted me to a believer in cloud gaming, that that is a possibility and also probably the future, honestly. Uh, So something like this is much more appealing to me um, because of that. Because I I don't think you're going to be able to store. I don't think they probably won't have storage for games on it. Because there's this that already exists, GPD Win. They make they've made the GPD Win, GPD Win Two, and this is their third iteration of it. It's essentially a Switch. Holy cow! Oh no, that's that's the. <laughs> I was like three million dollars. What? Nobody's gonna buy this. And then I realized, <laughs> no, it's not. But this is like already what Steam is trying to do is GPD Win Three. It's about a thousand dollars. It's basically a full blown. Um, if you were to marry the Nintendo Switch with the Microsoft Surface, okay, that's what this basically is. So this is like a full-blown PC with serious gaming connected to it. And it's dockable. It's got multiple USB ports in the dock. It's got a serious... Um, it's got all the controls that you have on the Switch. Um, I don't believe the screen is able to come off. Unacceptable. But it does slide up for a keyboard. Oh, that so. looks awesome, actually. This is the first time I've heard of this. And... This is the third iteration. They've done some really great stuff with the first two GPD wins. Mm. And the win is short for Windows, but also it's a gaming term. Winning. So this is this is what I picture when I hear Steam Palettes is this thing. Like, this is what I'm That's expecting. That's pretty cool. Something high-end, yeah. plays Steam games, and is very capable of playing AAA, AAA titles. So... Very cool. Anything else you want to say? No, I'm just curious. I, I, I'm always hesitant to see a new console in the market just because I feel like it's it's going to oversaturate and and yeah, I'm worried about there being a console crash again. <laughs> the but... biggest difference, though, is this is with a, an existing library of games, an existing developer, an existing ecosystem, versus yeah, yeah. a lot of the new consoles coming out don't have an established marketplace. They don't have an established client. I think they have a much better chance than like Google or Apple or or (laughs) Amazon 
I mean, so, Apple's yes. working towards doing it too. Apple Arcade's getting pretty big, actually. I just I forgot yeah. to cancel it after the free trial, so I'm part of the Apple yeah, Arcade. You're the reason, Chris. <laughs> you're the reason why it's canceled. I did cancel it. No but... one's actually playing those games. <laughs> Oceanhorn 2, baby. All right. Well, anyways, um, I don't think it'll compete with the Nintendo Switch, but I don't think it's going to be designed for that. I think it's actually meant yeah. to be a companion to what you already have, which is your Steam games on your PC. Mm-hmm. So that's my thoughts. Anything else? Nope. As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And we will see you on next Krillcast. Bye, guys. Oh, it's so nice hearing Krillcast instead of Krillicast. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. I'm pissed if this is true. <laughs> this is Trouble Tuesday. Um, and the headline I have here for the write-up and the outline that you guys never get to see says, Don Matrix strikes again with Don't always online name. DRM. <laughs> it rhymes. It's like a Dr. Seuss thing. All right, so here we go. Xbox, the Xbox players series... still have nightmares with this guy. <laughs> the Xbox Series X requires an online connection for many of its single-player games to check in and validate they are legitimate. Did you know that, Will? Is this, a, is this real? Yes, it is. I'm, I, I will tell you the rest of it. Ready? This affects a large portion of smart delivery library of games from oh. Xbox One, but also affects backwards compatibility games from the original Xbox, Xbox 360, and even Xbox One games. Man. I mean, I guess it doesn't affect me because I always have my freaking Xbox connected to my internet, but that sucks. <laughs> So here's the next part here. So it is important to note that an Xbox developer has stated this is a one-time check, not an always-on check, to make sure that all compatibility files are downloaded to the Xbox Series X so that there are no issues playing the game on next-gen hardware. Now, this is not an official statement. This is from an Xbox developer. Based upon this information, the online connection is required once during initial install and set up a backwards-compatible and smart delivery games. Yeah, so I, I can understand needing to do that because I guess how do you verify which copy of the game you're downloading? And yeah, I can see. And the thing is, the even the backwards compatible games, like we've talked about this in previous episodes, how you're not playing it off the disc. It's no, actually you're an not. emulation. And, and I'm saying you're not playing it off the disc. Yeah, so I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm sorry. I was just backing up your point. Oh, yeah. It sounded like you're disagreeing with me. No, I'm not disagreeing with always. you at all. <laughs> as always. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I guess it makes sense that you'd have to do that one-time check because, I mean, even the backwards-compatible games are not the same anymore because they have it goes up to, like, 120 frames per second on some of those old games. And, um, yeah, so it makes sense to one-time check. Hopefully it's not checking constantly because that just seems dirty. And also flashbacks to Xbox One. <laughs> so that's the whole point of this, like, uh, flashy title of the video is, like, get people to click on it so we can explain away what's going on here. Xbox Series yep. X does not have always online DR. I mean, it probably does have some with some games, but not with every game. This is, like, a probably an isolated thing. What we have mm-hmm. is a check for compatibility. And actually, some games made for the Xbox Series X, which do not require files downloaded from the Internet to play, do not require any check at all. So, like... um what's a good like if there was a remaster collection on the xbox series x that launched that was already complete no downloads required you know game of the year edition you mm-hmm. would not need to do this check at all that's cool to play. back in the day we could just put a disc in play that's great right so this actually affected mass effect legendary edition legend daddy edition no legendary edition mm. um where 
the Xbox One version required you to download uh, the second disc instead of allowing you to use the second disc to install. So the way around that was to unplug your Wi-Fi and turn it off, and then you could put the second disc in and play the Mass Effect Legendary Edition without the update. So there was Hmm. a way around it, but the Xbox One, if you're connected to the internet, would not allow you to download the, the second disc from the disc. Which was kind of a really weird situation because with my PS4, it did let me download both discs. I didn't have to download from the internet the second half of Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which I found really strange. But that is an Xbox thing. Like Xbox does rely heavily on the downloads for compatibility sake, for metadata, for all kinds of various checks that they do to make sure the game's compatible with the system. And I think a lot of that has to do with their backwards compatibility program, which is mm-hmm. better than the PlayStation's in regards yes. to compatibility, but it's also worse than the PlayStation's in regards to implementation. Because on the PlayStation 5, you put in a PS4 disc, it runs. No checks, nothing. Just put the disc in, it runs. Xbox Series cool. X, put in the Xbox One. Hold on, we're getting this ready. <laughs> Yeah, but at least you don't have to worry about which you don't. You can always just buy one game, whereas like the PlayStation, there's multiple versions of the same game. Uh in some cases, yes. Not in all cases. Um, Shut up, Chris. Xbox is better. Move I'm, on. I'm, see, I'm not a big <laughs> supporter of Sony right now either with the CMOS battery issue. But yeah. it does turn out that Xbox has some similar issues, and actually, it goes back to the original Xbox, which I learned um, recently has a clock capacitor that will eventually erode and explode all over the motherboard of an original Xbox. And Hmm. that will render it unusable. So if you happen to have an OG Xbox that doesn't have this modification to remove the clock capacitor, I suggest you go look into it, Will, before you Hmm. end up destroying your original Xbox. That would be very sad. (laughs) And then I will say this. uh, The initial check from the Xbox Series X for uh, compatibility settings makes sense i mean it really does like when you think about it the xbox series x is almost a brick if you don't have internet anyways i mean why would you not have game pass you pretty much need the internet for game pass yep so in a way the always online drm is game pass but it's in you're volunteering for it it's not like you're you're enrolled in it automatically but since game pass is such a good deal that is connected to digital rights management because you're connected to the xbox service which hosts game pass which is where you get it so in that case yes you are so but it is not the same as the always online drm as promoted by don matrick in the xbox (laughs) one reveal so headline if you don't have misleading to get to this point that don matrick was wrong and always online drm is still not a thing now, Xbox did not explain this very well, especially since I had to go and search for an Xbox developer that said, oh, it's no. <laughs> so what do you guys, what do you think the Xbox should or could do to be more transparent about this issue? Uh, I don't know about how, other than just explaining it and like when when they hear a controversy, making it clear, it's like, no, 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 that's not what you think it is. Um, but it's just like the Xbox Live thing where they're going to increase the price and then they're like, oh, never mind. And they decreased it. And then they made uh, like free games free to play without Xbox Live. That's, they should figure out a situation like this where it's like, this sounds bad. I'll give you something for free to forget about it. <laughs> yeah. So th- this is what they're talking about. This screen comes up when you plug in an old game or a new game even. 
It says this game isn't ready yet. Go online to finish installing it. So you don't have if you don't have internet and you put in an original Xbox, an Xbox 360, or an Xbox One game that's not already built into the Xbox Series X's metadata and all that. This is the screen you'll get. It'll say connect to the internet one time, get the stuff all set up because Xbox One games work with a very small, like couple megabyte file to set it up to work with the Xbox mm-hmm. Series X, and that's just for optimization to make it work right on the Xbox Series X. So that makes sense. Yep. It's a one-time check. And this message would really concern me if I put an Xbox One game into an Xbox Series X and it said, hey, please go online to finish installing. And it's like, what? <laughs> so that's it. That's what it is. It's just the one-time check, download the compatibility files, or in the case of an Xbox 360 or an Xbox original Xbox game, download the full game because you realize you're not yep. actually as well. Hey, said. you know what? You know, Microsoft is such a nice company. They would never try to screw us over, Chris. Why, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, Phil Spencer. All right. No, Don Matrick. Exactly. Don Matrick from the grave. No, he's like dead. Don't dare speak bad about Phil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we learn what happens. Phil strikes back. I know. I'll tell you all about With that With the later. lasers. <laughs> okay. Got the Xbox on his show. Yeah. <laughs> As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And we will see you. Next Curlcast. Bye, guys. Without DRM. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And what's today? It is a Wild Card Wednesday. That's right. We retained Wild Card Wednesday and killed Tuber Tuesday. Here we are. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, today we're talking about cloud gaming. In is, the cloud. is cloud gaming good or bad? Well, it depends on, on uh, your opinions and also your internet access. Nope, it's For just me, bad. You bastard. <laughs> no, if you have good internet episode. and... I mean, I have an Android, and, and you know, my cloud gaming experience is obviously with xCloud. That's really the only time I've ever cloud gamed. That's an and Apple. Yeah, it, it works great for me, so I don't know what's going on with you. <laughs> I have a great internet connection that will support me streaming from my Xbox One to my phone, so it's definitely not my internet connection that's causing the issues. Yes. But I think it, Apple just hates Xbox. <laughs> well, they definitely hate Epic Games, that's for sure. Yes, that's for sure. Uh, the fact that it's running in the browser at all, though, is pretty astounding. I've had some good experiences, but overall, it's la- a laggy mess. Um, yeah. And that's well, the only streaming Halo platform I've tried. Quite a bit, and you know how twitchy that can be. So I could not do it. I tried. I My phone was so far behind the, the actual gameplay that okay. I would get down to a, like, I would get to a fight, and I'd be dead before it lagged. <laughs> before it yeah, that's lagged. awful, yeah to the scene where I was supposed to be firing. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, not good. It's like you're getting ready to fire your gun and then the next the next frame you're dead. <laughs> so your cloud gaming experience was bad. <laughs> very very bad. But my remote playing from my own Xbox, from my PS4, from my my Steam library, great. Um I think remote play from what your console to your phone in your own house or even oh, yeah. even on the go is really excellent. Like my, I played mm-hmm. PS4 at my in-laws house before on my Vita using a cell phone as the router and it works great. Mm. That's cool. But for some reason, 
I've never had a good experience with actual cloud gaming. All right, let's end it there. <laughs> Is the market ready? I don't I think mean, so. I mean, yeah, I mean... I don't think so. I think... I don't know. It's tough because when you look at the statistics, most people don't actually have internet that it's capable of like doing 4K streaming or anything like that. So maybe not now, but putting in the infrastructure now for uh, allowing this to be the norm in, say, like five years makes sense. So I, think five five to ten, <laughs> I think five to ten years, this is probably what most gaming is going to be. Um, unless they figure out better augmented reality, which is really what I want. I don't want VR, but I do want augmented reality where I can go out and play Halo like in the yard. <laughs> that would be so freaking cool. <laughs> well, hiding behind trees. You're like, well, what are you doing oh back gosh. there? Oh my gosh. I'd be so excited. I'd be out there every day. <laughs> Will wants Minecraft world, but he wants to actually build things. Yes, that would be so cool. <laughs> like Will's in the backyard. Like, what are you doing with all that dirt? I'm building my house. Yes. Well, like you put a, like put gloves on or something, see so like you feel the sensation. That'd be so cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Will wants like like uh, six senses of interaction with his games. Mm-hmm. I can see how that would be exploited with uh you know other things that are found on the internet. <laughs> oh no. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I I don't think cloud gaming right now is ready for prime time, and I think most people the reason and this is my reason too. I like to own my games. Oh, for sure. I do, too. So, like, in the aspect of Google Stadia, yeah, you own a license to stream that game to your phone or your Google TV or whatever you have. Chromecast, that's what it's called. But you don't actually... If Stadia shut down tomorrow, unless they offered you the ability to, like, redeem those games on Steam or download them, they're gone. You have Dude, no way to access rare, though. Them. Most people are okay buying just downloaded games. And this not, isn't even downloaded. That's the difference. Like, I am fine buying a game on Steam, especially on a sale, having it on my PC and knowing that I could back it up to a flash drive, I could put it on a hard drive, okay, I can okay. upload it to my Google Drive. I have the file. I own the file. It's physically on my machine. Cloud gaming, you own nothing, and they expect you to be happy. Yeah, well, I mean, essentially, you're paying for Netflix. Like, you don't own any of those movies. But you're not paying on an individual movie basis on Netflix, though. Well, Stadia, say, like... You have the Stadia service, and you're mm-hmm. paying for access well, to Stadia's a $60 game. Well, business model sucks. So let's go with the, let's go with the, the business same, model. Luna's the same sense. thing. Luna also sucks. It hasn't come out yet. So, but, like, something like Game Pass with xCloud. I mean, that makes sense, because you have an entire library of games, and you're just paying for the service. That's, that's where it's going to go. I mean, some other company is going to come up with an even better version of that. I like xCloud makes the most sense today out of all the cloud streaming platforms, but I still don't think even that is ready for prime time personally. Okay. Well, that's, that's why you're not getting charged extra for it. It's an add on. I mean, there's a reason why it's not its own thing. It's not that expensive. I will say like when you get it free with game pass, like really like it's nothing. Yeah. But it's not it's not ready for prime time on iOS for sure, for sure. Based not, on yeah. my experience alone, I can and I'm in the beta, <laughs> so <laughs> I actually have access to it unlike most iOS users. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think it's ready. I don't think any cloud gaming is ready. Personally, I think you're just an old man yelling at clouds. <laughs> Darn you, clouds! <laughs> As always, I'm Chris and I'm Will, and we will be gaming in the clouds on the next Coolcast. See you Bye, guys. guys.
This is the Krillcast. I am Chris. I'm Will. And today is throw the throw the throwback Thursday. And mm-hmm. uh, Will is already bored of me after two weeks of filming this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We're gonna I'm be talking about Infamous Two. All right. Infamous Nothing two. important. <laughs> Infamous Two is an action adventure game developed by Sucker Punch Productions and published by Sony Computer Entertainment for the PlayStation Three video game console it is a sequel that, to the 2009 to cover up i didn't even see it i wasn't paying attention um it's a sequel to the 2009 video game infamous announced on t- june 4 2010 which they released date of june 7 2011 which is why we're covering it this week um, the story follows protagonist cole mcgrath on his quest in numeray to grow powerful enough to become a, or to be able to face his nemesis the beast cole possesses mm. electricity Base superpowers, which are used in combat and navigating the city. Uh, the player is given several opportunities to use these powers for good or for selfish purposes in the game's karma system, which I absolutely love the karma system in this game. I love games with karma systems. I know mm, it's me too. cliche and sometimes cringeworthy, but I think they're cool. Um, the karma system affects what powers become available and the reaction of the city's populace towards Cole. The development of the Infamous 2 project began immediately after Sucker Punch finished the first game, um, which was led by the returning game director, Nate Fox. The game's music was composed by James Dooley, Brian Mantia, and the band Galactic, and Jonathan Mayer. Hmm. Both the game's music and fictional city were inspired by New Orleans. Jason Cottle, the original voice actor for Cole, was replaced by Eric Layden, which I actually did not know, as Sucker yeah. Punch wanted somebody who could perform Cole's physical reactions with motion capture, a new addition to the series. The game was generally hmm. well-received. I really loved it. Um, praise was particularly directed at city design, traversal, and graphics, though it was criticized for its karma system, which I don't really understand why, and the camera. A standalone expansion called Infamous Festival of Blood was released on October <laughs> 25th, 2011. Infamous Second Son was a sequel. Uh, I'm sorry, Infamous Second Son was, was the next in the series on the PlayStation 4 released worldwide March 21st, 2014, which incidentally i just finished the good route of and i thought it was fantastic although not as good as infamous one and two still mm-hmm. a great game and i could not put it down that that's a testament to how good it was um i'm going to be playing the evil route next which is what i like to do is play the good route first then go back and play the evil route because the evil route usually is easier because you get okay. access to much more violent powers making it more fun it is a lot of fun but I highly, I think that's the best way to play the infamous games is good route first, evil route second. Because once you've played the good route, you can just take off the chains, pure freedom, pure chaos, and play the evil way. I love it. I love doing that. So I just good mm-hmm. route, keep yourself with the handcuffs on, don't kill nobody. And then you play the evil route and you're like, oh, time to go fee for all. Yes. So that is that is my favorite way to play these games, especially since I always feel bad playing the evil route. So I don't want to do it first. <laughs> I always feel bad and fable playing the evil route because they always make you feel so terrible for all the decisions. And just for the record, as an electrical engineer, I can say these powers are impossible to have. So yeah. what? I have these powers. Chris. <laughs> okay, so here, here's the deal. Um, okay. Infamous Two Festival of Blood, by the way, is really cool. I know you said it was intriguing. Basically, mm-hmm. in that game. Um, they resurrect Bloody Mary as a vampire. Interesting, interesting. And she she 
steals your your uh powers the cold powers of cole while uh, not your powers but like the conduit ability which is what brings her back in the first place they steal his blood why bloody mary it's such a random historical let me finish so then she bites you and you become a vampire see mary's not a vampire that's what she is in this game um (laughs) it's just go with it okay Anyways, you mean like the the Queen of England, Bloody Mary, or someone else? It's like a Bloody Mary the Vampire, whatever that means. Okay. Anyways, the whole aim of the game is you get vampire powers on top of your infamous powers, which electrical interesting. Based. So like, like you can fly as a, a group of bats across the town. Okay, I'm sold. So the, <laughs> the only thing the only thing you have to keep in mind though is like in the original Infamous, like you could bio leech which essentially you would steal like whatever conduit ability these normal people had it'd be like if a forced user could steal midi chlorians from an average yep. civilian you can basically do that as cool well in festival of blood the only way to recharge your blood powers is to suck dry civilians so, like you automatically have evil yeah, karma even, if you, even better if you so it's like the spider-man the ultimate spider-man game when you get to play as venom you just eat people exactly that's exactly <laughs> what it is so and there, in Festival of Blood, the only redeeming factor is there is no uh, karma system in that game. It's just purely, do you want to kill people, or do you want to just try and win it without? Mm-hmm. And you can win the whole game just playing with Cole's electrical powers. Um, they only force you to suck the blood of one person just to show you what happens, essentially, when you do that. So, okay. Yeah, it's fun. Infamous 2... It's literally on my t- list of best games ever. Especially Would you for say the this PS3. is the best of the series or no? That's a hard one. I, I loved the first Infamous. That will always be my favorite only because I played it first. Okay. And I did not actually think that Infamous 2 did. like. It's a great game. Okay, let me just put it that way. But I, I didn't feel like I was as invested in that one as I was in the first one. So, I don't know. Hard to explain, but I also played it at a weird point in my life, so maybe I should go back and replay Infamous 2. I mean, I platinumed okay. the game. I got literally every achievement in Infamous 2, so it's not a bad game. It's a great game. But I think Infamous 2 is better. Or Infamous 1 is better, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, and I loved the comic book aesthetic from the first game, and they carried that over a little bit to the second game. It's just, if you like superhero games, if you like being the anti-hero, this game series is great and infamous 2 is a great game although i think infamous 1 is better okay so um porting it to the ps5 that'd be a great idea i think they should do it i don't care who they pay to do it maybe the people that did the shadow of the colossus hd remake or remaster whatever they could do it no problem let's let's make it happen sony come on come on let's not leave these games buried Mm -hmm. and uh, i need that kessler game that they never made (laughs) There's like a whole bunch of lore behind one of the characters in Infamous One that could easily be its own game. And uh, somebody used to make an Infamous lore channel. I don't think that exists. So, yeah, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. As always, I'm Chris. I'm Will, and we will see you on the next Crowcast. My eyes. I need that electrical effect. What am I doing? Unlimited power. Oh. This is the Grillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. 
and we're going to be fighting for Friday. No, I'm just kidding. It's Friendly Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fight well. Yeah, no, it's not going to be much of a fight when, you know, you just kind of curl up into the fetal position. <laughs> so E3, because of the craziness of 2020, has been significantly changed. Is E3 in 2021 still necessary for the video games industry? No. Why do you say that, Will? What, what, what can these video game publishers do without an E3? Because they have access to internet nowadays, so it's pretty it's pretty worthless. Um, I mean, it's always exciting to have it condensed in one spot, but all of the publishers and you know game uh, you know the companies that make the consoles and stuff like can spread this information out now throughout the year, and they can drop it whenever they want to. They can have their own show, which costs virtually nothing. Well, it doesn't uh, and it cost just, them to put it out there. I'm sure it exactly. costs money to produce the you content. You know what I mean? Like as far as uh, like renting a booth, getting people to the venue, um, and then still having to put everything else on the internet. <laughs> Especially since uh, right now, when you think about it, like E3 would be so hard to run anyways. Like imagine yes. like having to come up with protocol for people to physically be there. Mm-hmm. I don't want. I don't want to imagine like the, just with everything going on right now still going on right now, even with the restrictions lightening up, I don't even want to know what it would take to actually put on E3. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I don't. I think that 2020 really put, was a, the nail in the coffin for E3. I think it was, it's been going out for a while, but that really showed us that we didn't need it. And I don't, I just, I don't see a way of it coming back. I mean, I, I could be wrong on that. It could be like a rotating event where it, like each year changes cities which i think would actually help revitalize it so people don't always have to go to the same city um but i don't know i don't don't see it having really a place anymore i think e3 was one of those like traditions that was participated in by all companies because that's what it was Mm -hmm. and because of the shake-up of last year it like like i think one nail was all it would take to end the E3 from continuing to happen. And that one nail was so big, it shattered the coffin. Yes. So here we are in 2021 and people are like, uh, don't know if mm-hmm. I need to do this anymore. But I, I mean, I've always loved E3. That's the part that sucks for me is like, yeah, it's I, so nice. Yeah. Being able to just like get all of your gaming news at one time. Like, when have you ever been hyped for June, except for the fact that E3 is coming? Yeah. Well, it's like the world series. I was like, yeah, you can like look at these little, games or little events throughout the year but then it's like the world series like it's the culmination is at this point and that's what e3 like felt for the gaming world you know and it's sad it's gone but at the same time i mean who's really participating in it anymore <laughs> well this year microsoft and, and nintendo are both participating not really i mean they release information around the same time no like, they're microsoft... actually in e3 are they actually in it yes in it? like june like, 13th what... is e3 for microsoft you didn't know this well, I know it's their event is their Bethesda Xbox event is June 13th. Xbox, but... Ubisoft, Nintendo, Square Enix, and more will be at E3 2021. Physically well, what, at What are E3. they actually at? Like, is it going to be like 2021 is all digital. Okay, so this one's all digital. Ah, see? Okay, fair <laughs> enough. We don't need okay. it. <laughs> what are they going to do? This going to have the splash screen up that says E3, and that's it. <laughs> I mean, we're all physically there together digitally. Oh, my gosh, Chris. <laughs> Oh man! I mean, this might be the way they go forward: digital E three versus DE three. Yeah, D- I mean, if they, if they could get all the companies on board for that, that would be cool. It would be. It's still. It's a still a good showcase for indies because like everyone's there for the big names, but then you get exposed to the indie developers at the same time. So like, I can see that being really bad for them, 
not so much for you know like Halo or something, but um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think not being at E3 would stop people from buying Halo Infinite. Oh, no, I'm buying it no matter what. <laughs> and if I ever see an Xbox Series X, I'm going to be the hookup for Will. I actually looked for it today, and it's the first time I actually opened myself up to the possibility, and I was so disappointed. <laughs> I've seen them in the wild, Will, physically. Thank you so much. <laughs> I've seen, let me put it, I've seen every next-gen console physically. I haven't, oh, you know what? That's not true. I did see a PS5 on display at Best Buy. No, not I've there. seen him in the box. Brand I know new. you have. I'm just saying, like, I was going to say, I've not seen anything, but I've actually seen a PS5. I actually, on this book. I was at a store one time where they had three PS5s, disc edition, and one digital edition, an Xbox Series S, and an Xbox One X. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they have, like, they're really stockpiling it down by you. <laughs> that was not at my normal place I go to. That was somewhere oh, else. Okay. okay. I think it was a GameStop near where Scott DeWaz lives. Secrets. Yeah, like, Chris is just following him around. Okay, we should probably end this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I've been in the same store as him before. Let's put it that way. Like before he got famous, I didn't know who he was, but after like watching his videos, I'm like, oh, that was him. <laughs> so like, I know kind of the area. So I just yeah, know that before he, he was I, famous, I thought he was just cute. <laughs> I, I just know that um, it's a store within at least let's put it that way, at least within a hundred miles of where he lives. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think anybody's driving more than 100 miles to go to a game store. No. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I have gone to the game stores outside of my 100-mile radius, but that's not before the game store. I just happened to be there. Because <laughs> you were there, and, and yes. it was there, and that yes. was it. All right. As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And we don't need E3 anymore, so we will see you. Uh, not at E3. <laughs> <laughs> on the next Girlcast. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And uh, this is Spotlight Sunday. We're spotlighting Will. No, I'm just kidding. Yep. I have a new channel launching tomorrow. And it's all about how much Chris sucks. Will's going full-time YouTube just to start his yeah. show Everyone well, Hates Chris. Apparently, there is quite a bit of hate for you, Chris, and enough to pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> full-time YouTube just hating on my former partner. Mm-hmm. All yes. right. Well, here we go. So today we're doing a Spotlight for the channel... Bubby Toad, which used to be the main person on what channel, Will? FU Game Crew. So here, here's the backstory. Bubby Toad is the new channel for F- FU Game Crew's Shane. Due to Cameron having left to create his own channel a while ago and Shane wanting to branch out from his previous channel. Regardless, if you haven't made the jump from FU Game Crew to watch Bubby Toad or Cameron All One Word, then you should do that now. Bubby Toad is more of Shane's hilarious gaming news quips mixed with everything else and it is hilarious and amazing um he's got some really great thumbnails that youtube actually censored one of them was called hentai on the switch mm-hmm. and he had to completely change his thumbnail because youtube didn't like it um he's done some gaming reviews he's memed on you know rgt85 and spawn wave and beat em ups mm-hmm. and that's just his flavor it's gaming news from a comedic standpoint with puns and all kinds of fun stuff. So like yeah. so new soldier boy, go soldier game. Isn't even soldier boys company. He did. 
he did the deep dive nobody else is willing to do and found out that soldier boy's new console is not even like he reached out to the company and goes do you know soldier boy is uh claiming this is his product and it's actually just in a, a product that you guys created specifically for him from your company like do you know that he's doing this <laughs> it was pretty funny hmm. So I don't know. I have a Shane, question for you. Do you know uh, what the story is behind his name yet or no? Do we have to have him on again? His nickname is Bubby. Okay, and okay. the mascot is essentially his his image mixed with a polytoad. So it's Bubby Toad. <laughs> okay. Awesome. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> We've talked about this. Him and I have talked about this in the background before. And I'm like, what, okay. is, your, what is your mascot? And he's like, it's me and a polytoad. I'm like, oh, okay. Got it. So, Interesting. Yeah. Hopefully the Pokemon company never decides its design is too close because Nintendo does not play games. No, they do not. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they start finding a mod for Bubby Toad to be in uh, Pokemon Snap and people start taking pictures of the hentai. But... Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, this guy has some of the greatest comedic genius on gaming news. Like he's like the AVGN of gaming news minus all the swearing. <laughs> yep. And... I love a lot of his videos. Like he did one called, uh, what was it? The RPGs top five favorite RPGs. It's a great video to go watch. Um, he covers like really niche things. He also talks about uh, soldier boy, the news. Like if you want to know gaming news and you just want a little bit of comedic, so like if you're not, if you're sick and tired of the, the dry, no humor spawn wave videos where you get the news <laughs> and that's it. And you want a little bit more of that comedic stuff. Like this guy is mm-hmm. the guy like spawn wave gives you the news straight up. And, and I respect him for that. But if you want some comedic genius mixed in with that, this guy's the guy for you. He's hilarious. And he's got a second channel called Bubby's World where he essentially does non-gaming content. Um, there's also a video called I Bought Literal Feces from GameStop and this is what they sent me. And <laughs> it's awesome. exactly yes, what yep. you think it is. Oh here my it is, gosh. Here it is. He's pretending to be like Spawn Wave. <laughs> and he even has the right background. That's yeah, great. He green screened Spawnway's backdrop behind him. So there's that. So yeah. He he really commits to his jokes and they're they're funny. So that's it. That's all I got. Bubby Toad, go subscribe. As always, yeah. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And Will said nothing. No, I'm just kidding. And Wait, we will I see you. Things. I'm kidding. And we will see you. On the next Crowcast. Maybe if I don't kill Chris in the meantime. <laughs>